Somebody pinch me. The Florida Gators made some positive moves in the transfer portal, and a few days ago, never would have believed that was going to happen. We'll talk about it here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day every day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Monday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with whole nine sports, Giants, Country, NFL 33. Today's episode of Lockdown Gators is brought to you by Prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash college. Use code college for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks is a daily fantasy sports made easy. And if you're part of the subtext group, you knew some of these players were very interested. If you're not part of the subtext group and you want to be, join subtext.com slash Gators. Links in the description below. Two weeks free, five bucks a month after that. Great way to support the show. All that fun stuff. Um, <laughs> just just going to burn through it now. Uh, but Joey Slackman was the second commit from the transfer portal yesterday for the Florida Gators, but he's the first one that we're going to talk about because he's the higher ranking commit. He's the bigger name commit. And I, I do feel like there's more of a question with his fit than there is with Brandon Crenshaw Dixon, who we'll talk about later. But and and not a question isn't like a bad question. It's for me. I truly believe that Joey Slackman could start at two spots on the defensive line. I think he could start as that three tech, that big tackle, uh, big end that Caleb Banks plays. And I think he could start at the F where Tyreek Sapp played and, and uh, Justice Boone is expected to play at. I think Joey Slackman can legitimately start at either of those spots. I don't think there'd be too much competition Caleb Banks would be his biggest competition there, but even then, I think Joey Slackman's skill set just would give him the edge there. Uh, I think that Joey Slackman's ready to come in and immediately make an impact. And Slackman even said, you know, hey, um, I, I want to go to the NFL draft next year. I think this is the place that can get me there. And I'm not saying it is or isn't, but I am saying that you don't say that unless you're very much expecting to start somewhere. So I think for Slackman that the expectation should be for him to be starting for this Florida Gators defense in 2024. And again, I think just if you cut the film and you watch him play, makes some pretty damn good plays and pretty some, uh, some pretty high impact plays on the defensive line. And that's Florida desperately needs that this year, the defensive line, was not only, I want to say thin, because yes, they did go basically five deep, we'll say, on the interior of the defensive line. Wasn't five good players. They had moments. All of them had their moments, but wasn't five good players. I do think that what Joey Slackman would bring to the table immediately is being a defensive interior defensive player that can rush the passer 
probably on par with Kayla Banks. But I think when you compare what Joey Slackman does defensively against the run, it ain't close. Uh, I think that Kayla Banks performs... Uh, how do I how do I describe this? Kayla Banks performs more like a defensive tackle whose only job is to rush the passer. Like he he performs like that that typical three tech that you think of in a four three defense. Like the the old New York Giants defense is what I'm going to use as my reference. Um, but when they had Strahan, Tuck, Humanura, all those guys that kind of gap-shooting defensive tackle. He's better at one-gapping than two-gapping. I think Joey Slackman does a better job of engaging with a guard or center, recognizing where the ball is going, and shedding, and and kind of beating there. So I think that Joey Slackman steps in. And again, yes, that was against Ivy League talent. So against the SEC, it's going to face different challenges. But just, again, what... I can only judge your film based on who you've played. And I think Joey Slackman was absolutely dominant in both phases of the game. I actually think he's a better run defender than he is pass rusher. So I, and, but I, again, still think he's a pretty damn good pass rusher for the, uh, for that big end spot. Um, so I think Joey Slackman can step in right away and start. And I think that should be the expectation. That's my expectation at least. So I think having Slackman and Cam Jackson in the middle gives you an immediate, like, if you play Madden, it's like having inside stuff. Like when you're just D tackles, just demolish the interior run every single time. I think that's what having Joey Slackman and Cam Jackson could be like. And I think that's huge when you look at who Florida has in the linebacker room, like not even talking about the other defensive linemen, just looking at who they have in the linebacker room. It's not a big group. Like they're not large people keeping them clean and giving them just gaps to shoot is huge. You have Cam Jackson eating up two blockers. You could probably get Joey Slackman needing two blockers on him as well. You got one tackle at that point that could help you. And that's kind of it. So when you have your run game going, you have Joey Slackman and Cam Jackson there. Linebackers should have free lanes. That's the part. Having a free lane coming downhill and just see ball, get ball. I think that's big for... I think that's what Florida really missed and lacked last year on the interior defense. You look at the Tennessee game, and so much of stuffing that run game was just Cam Jackson dominating the interior of the line of scrimmage. But when Cam Jackson wasn't on the field, or in other games, even when Cam Jackson was on the field but it wasn't as dominant, run games had a lot of success because they could just move the defensive line off the ball. Bringing Joey Slackman in, having him paired with Cam Jackson you're not going to be able to just move the defensive lineman off the ball like that anymore. And I think that's going to really help their linebacker, the Florida Gators linebackers win. And I think that when you stop early downs and you force these defenses into longer downs, now you have Joey Slackman who could rush the passer. Joey Slackman's not a huge dude. He's six foot four, 300 pounds. Like that's not huge. He ain't tiny, but he's, he's not tiny, but he's not huge either. But you have Caleb Banks is six, six, 315 ish. Caleb Banks can play the nose. Joey Slackman can play three tech. I think Joey Slackman's got enough power in an obvious passing situation where you can put him at the nose and put Caleb at the three tech. And I don't think that you, you really lose much there. So you can have early downs win those, then have 
Joey Slackman and Caleb Banks on the field because Cam Jackson is not a good pass rusher in any way, shape, or form. It's not what he does. It's not what he should ever be expected to do. If you're like, oh, why isn't Cam Jackson getting sacks? Because he's never going to be that guy. He had two pressures last year. That's it. He reminds me of Snacks Harrison, like Damon Harrison, where he's just a huge dude that's just going to eat blocks. And there's a role for those guys, the Haloti Nadas. There's a role for those players. Okay. You don't have to be a pass rusher at all. So when you get them, when you get these opposing offenses into these obvious passing situations because of your first down defense and your second down defense playing well and forcing them into those long situations, you could take Cam off the field, put Caleb Banks at the nose, put Joey Slack into the three tech and just let them pin their ears back. And then you can actually maybe generate some semblance of a pass rush. I think that's why Joey Slackman is so important. I think having Joey Slackman added to this defensive line is what, like, I think that's where he really fits in that. He's not just a player. Who's very good. He's a player who's very good and the players around him will be better because of him. And I think that when you start adding players who not only help, like Cam Jackson is one of those players you added Cam Jackson and he's very good at what he does. And he's so good that he makes other players around him better. That's not a common thing to find in the transfer portal right now. Where it's not just, oh, he's a great player. It's, it's he's a great player, and the players around him are better because of him. Considerably better. Having Cam and Slackman, immediately, your linebackers will be better. It's still on them to recognize and identify and actually make the tackle and attack. But your linebackers, well, they're not good at shedding blocks. None of them really were. Like even Shamar, who I, I'm very high on what Shamar could do. I don't think he was good at shedding blocks in this past season. I don't I don't think he did a good job of actually deconstructing those blocks. Manny Nunnery, no. Uh, you look at really anybody else that played linebacker, like Derek Wingo, just he played like a bat out of hell. That's what he did. He wasn't deconstructing blocks. You just plow into people and win that way. And look, you can, that's a way to win. It's not the most sustainable way to win. But when you bring in these linebackers who, I mean, linebackers in general are just getting lighter. You got to keep them clean. You have to do a better job of keeping them clean. So having those defensive tackles that allow that to happen, that's huge for your defense. Win early downs, win long downs. When you win early downs, you're also more likely to force a turnover on a third and long because the offense is having to be more aggressive to try to convert that. It all starts up front for Florida. You win those, and you're really helping your defense. Like Joey Slapman, yeah, he's just one player that you added to your defense, but he makes your other players around him considerably better, and that's where his big impact comes in. On the offensive side of the ball, you added Brandon Crenshaw-Dixon from San Diego State, who I'm also a huge fan of. We'll talk about him in a second. Before we get to Brandon Crenshaw-Dixon, with passion, drive, and patience, that's what brings home the winning trophy, and it's also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die. You'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber and not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to turn your car into the mvp and bring home that win 
Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And eBay guaranteed fit is only available to U.S. customers. Thanks again for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. And the Florida Gators first off started Sunday by adding an offensive lineman to their class in Brandon Crenshaw Dixon. Brandon Crenshaw Dixon is from San Diego State. Uh, he's a three-year starter there. Been there for four years, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe a fifth, but he's been a starter there for the past three years at both left and right tackle. This is not a, a one-trick pony. I think that's also where you talk about, all right, talk about making players around you better. I think that's where we get off with Brandon Crenshaw Dixon, 6'6", 310 pounds. In 2021, his first year as a starter, he played 931 snaps at right tackle. Okay? 2022, his second year as a starter, 808 snaps at left tackle. 2023, his third year as a starter, 405 snaps at left tackle, 258 snaps at right tackle. Played a ton at both tackle spots. He has 1,213 snaps at left tackle, 1,195 at right tackle. Plenty of experience at both tackle spots. And guess where Florida's offensive line was bad in 2023? Both tackle spots. Both. Both of them. Both of them. They were, they were bad at both tackle spots there. And for Florida, now you've added someone who could step in immediately. I mentioned this yesterday when talking about the live stream. He's gotten better production-wise pass blocking. I do think he's gotten better on film as well, pass blocking. But I think where Brandon Crenshaw Dixon really improved from the limited 2022 film that I watched and the more 2023 film that I watched, uh, I think he got... I think the bigger improvement for Brandon Crenshaw Dixon was in his run blocking. Uh, I don't know what it was specifically about him that just made him seem like he was kind of more in the zone this year, but I think he was better this year as a run blocker than he was in previous years. I feel like he also, I, I feel like he moved better in space. We'll say, I think that's what it was. He was just moving better in space. When you look at the zone blocking, you're moving. When you look at being a puller, which isn't common for a tackle, but it does happen whether you're talking uh, GT counter or some kind of wrap or dart, you move. You're a tackle pulling, and there's that's something Florida's going to ask him to do at certain points. Uh, they run pin pull. You're going to have a tackle there uh, pulling sometimes. So I think for Florida, having Brandon Crenshaw Dixon, he's huge because he allows you to get a little creative with what you're going to do on the offensive line. This past year, you look at, I mean, the most common players were left tackle Austin Barber, left guard Richie Leonard IV, center Jake Slaughter, right guard Michael Mazuka, and right tackle Damian George. When Damian George came from Alabama to Florida, I thought he would compete with Keontae Goodwin for the right tackle spot, and when he lost that, because I thought he would lose it, he would go into guard, probably left guard, which Richie Leonard IV never would have played, and honestly, he was your second best lineman this year, in my opinion. I think Jake Slaughter is the best one. So now you look at this year, because you also look at what 2022 brought, and Austin Barber was better when he was lined up at right tackle than left tackle. There's more money and more prestige at left tackle. Not everybody can do it. Not everybody can play left, tack left tackle. Not everybody can play right tackle. Sometimes you're just better on a side. And honestly, 
I feel like the like the prestige thing has kind of balanced out a little bit now with how versatile offenses are. I don't think it's as important here. But for Florida, now you have Brandon Crenshaw-Dixon can start at, let's say, left tackle. And then you move Austin Barber to right tackle. And then you have Richie Leonard at left guard, uh, Jake Slaughter at center, Michael Mizuka at right guard. And you can have Damian George compete for either one of those guard spots. You can have Nigel Harris compete for either one of those guard spots. And if Damian George doesn't start at guard, that's fine. You've still got, you've now got a guy who can play guard and tackle as your depth. That versatility is huge when you're talking about an offensive line that doesn't have a ton of depth here. So I think you go, all right, we're solid there. Damian George is better at left tackle than he was at right tackle this year. Put Brandon Crenshaw Dixon at right tackle. Try Damian George versus Austin Barber at left tackle. Whoever whoever wins, whoever impresses more in the spring and in fall camp, we're the starting left tackle. And I know that's what nobody wants to hear. Like nobody wants to hear, oh my God, Damian George starting. I get it. Everyone hates him. Yeah, sure, whatever. Um, I'm not a fan of him. I, I don't think he's that good. I don't think he's an SEC starter. But if you go into camp with an open battle and he wins it, then he wins it. I get it. He wasn't good in 2023. Neither was Austin Barber. Neither of them were good. If you go into camp with an open competition, you can go into camp with an open competition and say, hey, competing for left tackle is going to be Brandon Crenshaw Dixon, Austin Barber, and Damian George. Competing at right tackle is going to be Brandon Crenshaw Dixon, Austin Barber, and Damian George. Whatever the best combination of offensive linemen is, that's who's going to start. And so I think that Brandon Crenshaw Dixon gives you that versatility that you don't get from many players in the portal. I think that's one of the reasons Florida went after Brandon Crenshaw Dixon, went after him as hard as they did, and made sure that they locked him in. Because it's not just experience. Because he's got, what, 2,500 snaps played almost? Not just experience. It's not just the ability to play both tackle spots. It's that he played both tackle spots without a huge drop-off in play, without a huge difference in play. I think he's better at left than right, but either way, he, he played without a huge drop-off in play. And I think that you go, all right, that, that gives us some versatility because it's not like Austin Barber where Austin Barber, there was a big drop-off when he went from the right side to the left. Even though in 2022, he played at both spots. But there was a big drop-off from right tackle to left. Maybe you don't have that much of a drop-off with Brandon Crenshaw-Dixon. Maybe Austin Barber is better suited for right tackle, and Brandon Crenshaw-Dixon plays left tackle, and you go, all right. Damian George's depth. But you can go into this with a battle, and that's what Brandon Crenshaw-Dixon brings. He improves your offensive line, which, frankly, your tackle play in 2023, if you're Florida, stuck. No other way to put it. Tackle play was atrocious. Interior offensive lineman, again, Jake Slaughter, Richie Leonard played fine. Micah Mizuka still played fine. He was just underwhelming considering what the expectations were. And I don't want to hear it's because he flipped from the left side to the right side. It wasn't that. And I get it. You're still playing the opposite side of the line. It's not nearly as dramatic at guard to go from right to left or left to right. It's not as dramatic as playing tackle. Because you're not working in space as much as you are in tackle. So for Michael Mazuka, he wasn't bad. He was still your third best offensive lineman, I think, last year. He was just underwhelming considering what the expectations were. And again, part of that is that shoulder injury that he had dealt with through the spring. 
it looked like he did not have nearly as much punch as he did prior to. And so it, it all made sense. But now you go into, if he comes back, you go into spring with a clean slate there. And you go, all right, if Damian George, Damian George can compete for left tackle, right tackle, right guard, left guard. He can compete for every spot he could possibly play. And if he loses those, at least you'll know what you'll have as far as depth and who your starter is going to be. So I think Brandon Crenshaw-Dixon being added is huge for that reason. And I mean, look, Florida, I thought was going to make waves again uh, last night. They didn't um, because, of course, the player that I was expecting, Trickley's Bridges, uh, basically pushed back his commitment to today at 3 p.m. We'll talk about him where, for me, Trickley's Bridges is someone that I want in the secondary. Not going not, not gonna to hide it in the slightest bit. Not going to sugarcoat it. I want Trickley's Bridges to be a Florida Gator. Uh, he is a safety turned corner that wants to get back to safety. Safety in high school was recruited by Florida or Dan Mullen for a little bit. Safety in high school that moved to corner for Oregon and did not really work out there. And, and he recognizes that he didn't work out there. He mentioned like, hey, I want to get back to safety. Uh, I think that's where I'm best. 6'3", 200 pounds. Yeah, that's fantastic size. Okay, like that is, ain't nobody complaining about 6'3", 200 pounds. Uh, he's got plenty of playing time. He's going to come in for one more year. I think you put him back at safety and you just throw him into the competition. So uh, yeah, he's a safety that turned corner and, and lost his spot. He is, I think, one of the few outliers when I say I don't want a guy who wasn't a starter at the P5 level. Because I've been very open, group of five, below. If you're a dominant player at that level and you can come up and that's what you're looking to do is to take the next step up in competition. If you're a dominant player at that level and you take the step up and that's why you're coming to Florida, I want you. If you're a, a backup at Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, hell, Oregon, not a big fan. Trickley's Bridges is one of those outliers again because he's a safety that moved to corner because the team needed someone at corner, and he's going to be moving back to safety at Florida. That's one of the reasons I'm fine with it. He's an outlier. Safety to corner to safety. He's coming. He's going to be coming back to his more natural position, and I think that's big for him there. I do see a lot of people um, on, on Twitter and everything say that they think he could play nickel or star, whatever you want to call it. I'm not as sold on that. Um, I do think he's one of those players where you just, you just add him into your defense and, and you figure out where, wherever works for him. I don't think star is that spot. Like six, three, 200 pounds is really big for a star. Like, like it, it's a massive, because again, don't forget, you're going to be guarding the little slot receivers. You're going to be guarding Eugene Wilson the thirds. Like that's who you're going to be matched up with. Do you want six three two hundred against that? When all you got to do to free him from press, put him in motion, and then he's not getting pressed anymore. And now you got a free release against someone who's not going to be as nimble as you are. Yeah, I, I think that I'd much rather look at. Trickwees is someone who's going to be playing safety. And that's what I'm fine with. Like, that's what I prefer he's at. Your safety room right now, 
incredibly thin. You got Jordan Castell, Bryce Thornton, RJ Moten. That it? Add Trickwee's Bridges, you got 6'3", 200 pounds. Someone with experience. And probably the most important part here is that Trickwee's is from Oregon. Oregon's head coach is Dan Lanning. Dan Lanning's defensive system is very similar to Austin Armstrong, Florida Gators defensive coordinator. Very similar defensive systems. He's got experience playing there throughout his career. He's got 1,005 snaps at corner, 41 in the slot, 13 uh, as the deep safety, 13 along the defensive line, which he just lined up on the edge and 117 as a box safety. Or in the box, we'll say. So you're you're looking at someone who has been used mostly as a corner, but is more of a safety, but he's got plenty of experience playing. He's got plenty of experience playing in a defense that desperately needs help. Hell, if you like him at corner, play him at corner. He wants to go back to safety. I do think he's going to go back to safety. My point remains, you're adding a defensive piece that can play safety or corner in a pinch if you need it. I think he's going to be part of a rotation at safety between Jordan Castell, Bryce Thornton, RJ Moten, Trickwee's Bridges, not Xavier Filsamy, but I think you're looking at someone who's supposed to come in and be a third safety. A third safety that plays a good bit because Florida will be rotating, but a third safety. And when you look at his size, you go, all right, he's going to be giving Jordan Castell a few snaps off. That same size that Florida has for Jordan Castell, that's probably where we're going to see Trickley's Bridges. They're very similar size profiles. Then you have RJ Moten and Bryce Thornton at the other safety spot. And I'm cool with that. Like that, I'm not going to complain about that at all. I think it's a fantastic plan to have at safety. And Trickley's Bridges gives you that. You address now if you get Trickley's, who again, committing at 3 p.m. Eastern time, pretty much between Florida and Washington from the external side of things. Uh, so I think that you look at it and you go, all right, you've addressed offensive tackle, you've, you've addressed defensive line, you've addressed safety depth, which, yeah, I don't think you need a starting safety. I'm perfectly content with Jordan Castell and Bryce Thornton. I do think you need safety depth, and Trick Weez Bridges gives you that. He gives you another body in the secondary that you need. Not going to be here for too much longer with his eligibility, so he's not really worried about stepping on future defensive back spots, snaps. I'm a fan of Trick Weez Bridges. Uh, even if he doesn't come to Florida, if he ends up at Washington, I'll be a fan of him then too. But I, I think that if you are Florida and you're talking about this addition, it's definitely a positive one. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free reviews in the podcast. We'll be back maybe later on today if Truquees Bridges commits to Florida. Maybe tomorrow. We'll see. For Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports, Giants Country, NFL 33. And as always, I will see you all later.